0: Welcome to the Stop Overdrinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving working moms come to learn how to stop overdrinking, reduce overwhelm and anxiety, and show up like the players they were meant to be. I'm your host, Angela Messenech, and let's dig in. Welcome to Episode 75, Human Preference. Hello, how are y'all? I'm doing so good. I'm actually recording this podcast on a Saturday mid-afternoon because I'm going to be taking a couple days off next week. I'm so excited about that. (laughs) I'm taking two of three of my kids to the mountains for a little camping trip. Just me and two of the kids. I'm so excited to get out of here (laughs) and go get some fresh air away from the house and hike and sleep in a tent and make a fire and all that fun stuff, Playing some creeks. It's been a while since we've had a little getaway with everything that's going on. So I'm super excited. They opened up the campgrounds. It'll be a good way for us to get outside and still stay safe. And have a change of scenery. You guys relate to that? (laughs) So today I want to talk to you guys about our human preferences. And before I get into that, I just want to tell you that as a life coach, I help my clients create goals that they want to accomplish. And then while we are coaching together, I get to show them how they are making decisions to reach their goals. And so in that process, I show them what their preferences are and how they're making decisions based on our human preference. And I'm going to get into that here in the podcast episode. But for example, sometimes they want to take a longer break from alcohol, right? So they come to me, they share that they're drinking more than they want, and they think, I just have to do something different, right? And they feel frustrated. And from that frustrating place that they're in, they might decide to take a long-term break from alcohol, So what I want to do first is show them how they are making that decision, okay? So they're currently making this decision from frustration. They think they have to do something different. And when they think that, they feel frustrated with themselves. And from that feeling, they are deciding to take a break from alcohol. So typically, we don't want to make decisions in reaction to our negative emotions, especially starting a journey of taking a break or going on a diet or trying to lose weight, okay? I don't recommend dieting, by the way, but when we're trying to lose weight, a lot of you guys are making decisions from this self-loathing, frustration um just very negative place. Okay. So yes, that frustration and that negative place might move you into doing something, right? Which is totally fine. It might jumpstart you to take some actions, but if you continue to stay frustrated during the process of taking a break or trying to lose weight, it's not going to serve you. And this is why. Okay. You guys ready? (laughs) Take some notes. The reason why we don't, it doesn't serve us is because humans don't like to be uncomfortable. And feeling frustrated over an extended period of time is not super enjoyable, right? <laughs> and because we're motivated to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and save energy, that's that motivational triad, if we feel frustrated, we might be motivated to not feel that frustration anymore. And then we go looking for ways to get a hit of pleasure and not put out much energy. You guys staying with me here? (laughs) So if you begin a longer break from alcohol and are thinking, I have to do this or I have to change or I can't stand myself, you might feel this pressure or frustration or disgust with yourself and then you take a break and every day you're saying to yourself, no, I have to do this. I have to change. It doesn't, right? That does not feel good. And those thoughts are causing you to feel this intense vibration in your body, which us fragile (laughs) mere humans don't like. So you might get through your alcohol-free time, your break, and then as soon as it's over, you're like, oh my God, give me that bottle of wine (laughs) right now, right? And the whole experience you had wasn't enjoyable, so then your brain is going to motivate you to seek that pleasure, to get that drink, to avoid that pain you're in from your feelings, okay? Humans prefer not to be in pain. Again, humans prefer not to be in pain. And when I'm talking about pain, I'm talking about emotional pain always. Physical pain is a whole other thing. So we do things to avoid pain at all costs. This is how we've survived and evolved as a species over time, right? So when you are making a decision to not drink, I want to support that decision but help you actually enjoy the process more so that you stay with it longer and aren't searching for an escape from it as soon as it's over, Okay, so when you take this approach, it becomes a permanent solution instead of a temporary fix, and you're on that cycle again and on again, off again. So I'm going to help you analyze how you're making that decision, and then help you come from a better place so that you you keep going for a longer period of time, right? So what I recommend in this type of scenario is to make a decision from love not frustration or disgust. Loving and respecting yourself yourself feels so much better than feeling disgusted or frustrated with yourself, right? So how do we make decisions from loving ourselves? And what does that even mean? <laughs> do you guys even know what that means? Well, it's just like you're making a decision after you feel frustrated or disgusted with yourself, right? You can make a decision after you feel self-love or respect for yourself. This is how you do it. You notice what you are thinking that makes you feel frustrated in the first place, okay? So thoughts like, I have to change, I'm out of control, I need to stop, I can't believe I keep doing this, right? Those are thoughts you might have that, lo- that lead you to feel frustrated. And when we think, th- think those thoughts, then we get those feelings of disgusted, we're pissed, we're frustrated. So once you are aware of what you're currently thinking about yourself and how you want to change... Then you can ask yourself how you can think about it differently that feels more like self-love. Respect, compassion, right? Something that feels good. And you do this by literally saying, how can I think about this that feels good to me? That's what you ask your brain. Your brain has all of the answers. And you need to listen to it when it comes up with answers. Don't accept, I don't know, okay? So when you ask yourself, how can I think about this differently that feels more like love, you want to write down the thoughts that come up for you. And some examples I can just like give you to get you going are, I deserve to feel good. I want to feel good. I respect myself. I want to do this for me. I'm excited to give myself a break. I get to feel good for 30 days, right? Those are some examples. But do the exercise. Ask yourself first, how can I think about this differently differently? that feels good to me, and then let your brain talk, okay? And write down what those thoughts are for you and try them on and see how they feel when you think them, okay? So choose one that feels true and good and notice the feeling that it generates for you. If it feels good to you, then you make your decision. Like, take that break, right? Go start the weight loss process, whatever it is that you want to work on. We think that we need to be hard on ourselves to change, but I can guarantee you, you listening, know that that does not work, right? Because if you've been hard on yourself to make changes for years and you haven't changed, (laughs) it's not a tactic that works, I promise you. I did the same thing for over 20 years. I would be very hard on myself. I would start some new diet, say I wasn't going to drink, and then I would stop a few weeks later, a month later, and, you know, get frustrated, and then I would start the whole thing over again. You'd think after 20 years, I would have realized that it didn't work, but I didn't know until my coach told me (laughs) the same thing that I'm telling you, right? So it wasn't until I approached it from self-love and respect and compassion for myself that it became a permanent fix for me. You guys, I'm not joking. The moment I stop being hard on myself is the moment I changed. All right? It doesn't work. So remember, our human preference is to feel good. All right? If you're hard on yourself, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> remember, we are motivated to seek pleasure and to avoid pain and save energy. So use this preference to your advantage here. If you're feeling good about not drinking or losing weight, you won't be motivated to avoid any pain. You guys following me? All right. So now you've made your decision from a loving, juicy, amazing place to not drink or, you know, take a break for a day or a month or whatever it is for you. You've made that decision. You feel really good. And you're like, I got this. Okay. Well, now let's fast forward to a Friday night where say you've had a crappy day at work and it's five o'clock and your brain starts chattering. Oh, a glass of wine, you know, a glass of wine would be really good right now. And you notice that you say, no, we're not drinking. Or you plan to have that grilled chicken and vegetables for dinner, and you open the fridge at dinner time, your brain says, I don't really feel like eating chicken tonight. You guys, does this sound familiar? Stop and listen to me here. <laughs> Remember our human preference. We want pleasure. You might think, I'd rather have pizza or pasta for dinner, something warm and cozy. Or you might think, it's been a long day, one glass of wine won't hurt. I know you've had these thoughts before because I've had them. <laughs> what is happening is your brain thinks it's going to be painful and boring for you to eat the chicken and not drink the wine, okay? So it's motivating you right this very second to get that hit of pleasure by drinking or eating something you did you have deemed more enjoyable in the past, right? In this very second, you want to make a decision to not choose that immediate pleasure and instead choose... To to take the less desirable action of sticking to your plan and not drinking and, and, you know, continue with your plan of eating the chicken. I know you guys probably think this is boring and it sucks and you want to rebel against what I'm saying, but just stay with me. In this exact moment, this is where you can have massive success or continue on the auto repeat cycle of saying you will do something and then not following through you want to choose the less exciting option and stick to your plan because you don't want to be on the auto circuit of the motivational triad right now you've got to learn how to override that okay you've got to learn how to override your preference for that pleasure and so you want to choose the discomfort of sticking to your plan because when you stick to your plan you make progress towards your goals right the more uncomfortable way moves you further towards where you want to go. (laughs) And because when you stick to your plan, you're teaching your brain that you follow through on your commitment even when you don't feel like it, in air quotes, right? You get off the auto circuit of this motivational triad and you consciously choose the non-seeking pleasure path. (laughs) You begin to train your brain that you aren't always seeking pleasure to avoid pain. And the more often you stick to your plan and don't choose the easier way, the faster you will reach your goals. Okay? So now I want to discuss making bigger decisions and showing you how your preference, the human preference, the the motivational triad plays into it. All right, so less than a month ago, my husband and I thought it would be really fun to drive around and look at homes that would fit all of our requirements, each of us having a home office, the kids each get their own room, close to town, all the things, right? We had no intention of buying a home. We were just doing an activity on a Saturday because (laughs) we wanted to get out of the house, all right? But we ended up finding a home that was amazing to our surprise, and my brain wanted to say no. That's crazy. It's expensive. You weren't looking. What if someone loses their job? What if, what if, what if? Okay. Also, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We don't know what can happen a year from now, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. These are all my first initial thoughts. However, because I see these thoughts are what they are, which is my human preference for not wanting to be uncomfortable. I decided what the heck it doesn't hurt to look. So we called up my really good friend, Ina, who's a real estate agent and She's like, I can show the house to you guys. And I'm like, it's 99% going to be a no. I just want you, I don't want to waste your time. She's like, oh, I'll just show it to you anyway. Okay. So we go and we look at this house and of course we fell in love with it. <laughs> we decided to move forward with buying the house and selling our current house. And literally two weeks after that decision, we sold our home that we live in and we're moving into this dream home of ours in a couple weeks. It's so crazy how all that went down. If I had let my brain think it's too risky during a pandemic, or the future is uncertain, which it always is, by the way, the pandemic makes it no different. (laughs) And I could do a whole other podcast episode on that. But real quick, nothing is guaranteed ever. Okay, listen to me here. Nothing is certain in our lives. Not waking up tomorrow, not having a job, not having our home. Nothing is permanent or forever. We just don't go walking around thinking it's not because we would never get out of bed if we if we had those thoughts every day. Okay, we have an unconscious belief system that we will be okay, and that that's what makes us go for that dream job, fall in love, have kids. Right? We're willing to risk the pain for the chance at happiness and love and fulfillment. All right. So nothing's guaranteed ever. And this being in a pandemic is no different. All right. But back to what I was saying, (laughs) little tangent there. If I had listened to my brain's fears, I wouldn't be moving into my dream home in two weeks. My current home wouldn't have sold in four days and we wouldn't be continuing pursuing what we really want if I had listened to those automatic thoughts. And this is what I know about human preference. We don't like not knowing. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) We don't like feeling negative emotions. We don't like being bored, unsatisfied, aggravated, scared, uncertain, overwhelmed, right? All those feelings. We don't like that. We prefer to not feel them. And because of this preference, we make decisions to avoid feeling these feelings at all costs. So most people right now aren't buying a home that's double the cost of their current home because of the uncertainty in the world. The idea that they might not have money in the future makes them feel uncomfortable. It's not that they are uncomfortable right now. It's just that they might feel a negative emotion in the future. So let's just say six months from now, right, we decided to buy the house, and then somebody loses their job, and now we probably can't afford the house payment anymore. What's terrible about that situation are feelings, Not the fact that they have less money or we have less money in our bank account. The money in the bank account is just a circumstance or fact. It's what we think about that number and what we are making it mean in our heads is what is causing the feelings in our body. The number or the lack of number can't cause the feeling. It's just what we're thinking about that number that causes the feeling of stress or overwhelmed or panic. And then we have these thoughts like, I don't want to be stressed about money. Right. So listen, you guys We're making decisions to not move forward with something because of a future feeling we might have, not even will have. It's a possibility. We might have an uncomfortable feeling in the future. And it's so powerful in this human preference that we decide not to move forward in big decisions in our life. You guys following along? This is also at the effect of the motivational triad. Mm -hmm. You are avoiding future pain. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to seek pleasure in the moment and save energy. You don't want to feel stressed, which is pain, right? Emotional pain. It would be easier to say no. And you're going to get a hit of pleasure by avoiding that whole situation. And And you'll tell yourself in your mind, it's a good decision. Which I'm not saying you should all go out and buy your dream home right now, by the way. (laughs) It actually might not be the best decision for you. For us, it was. What I'm trying to show you is how we make decisions in all of our different scenarios. From small, in the fridge, (laughs) pouring that glass of wine decisions, to thinking about decisions long term or big financial decisions. Okay, This is an example of making a decision of how you think you will feel in the future if it falls apart. Another example is when you guys schedule a phone call with me to discuss joining my program. You want to change your drinking habits, right? You've been thinking about making change or you've attempted to make changes for years. You've been struggling with it for years, if not decades, and you want some help. And then I tell you the price of the program and your brain starts firing off all the reasons why it's not responsible for you to invest in yourselves. <laughs> it things, you know, comes recently it's been things are not certain in the economy. I don't know what will happen with my work. I don't want to be stressed financially. And when you do that, you are making a decision based on how you might feel a negative emotion in the future. Okay. You guys are making a decision based on a possibility of a negative emotion In the future, you are avoiding pain, seeking pleasure and saving energy and your brain automatically delivers the worst case scenario for you as a survival tactic. That's its job. It's the same way you make decisions to drink in the moment. You have a preference to feel good versus feeling uncomfortable. Okay, it's the same thing. It's all okay. There's nothing wrong with you for having this preference. As a matter of fact, it's a good indicator that you're absolutely normal and you're operating on all cylinders, right? Your brain is functioning. But in order to move forward and make changes in our lives, we have to be willing to feel uncomfortable and move past this preference of avoiding emotional pain. Because if you really, really think about this, in the most literal sense, you are making decisions because you are unwilling to feel a negative feeling, which is nothing more than a vibration in your body. That's it. And all humans are created to feel. It's part of being alive. We want to feel our feelings, and the more you can learn how to feel, all the feelings you prefer not to, that's when your life changes. Because once you know there isn't a feeling you aren't willing to feel, you take bigger risks. You try new things, you stop over drinking, you stop overeating. You might be willing to write that book or start a business or go for that bigger job, okay? Or buy your dream home. (laughs) So the lesson here is to notice your human preferences. Decide how you can use these preferences for your benefit such as choosing love and respect to initiate change versus hate and frustration, and deciding to choose the less comfortable way and follow through on your plans to not drink and to eat the chicken, (laughs) and decide to make decisions about your future not based on how you would feel if it didn't work out, but what you could feel if it did work out. Just like your brain can imagine the worst case scenario and scare you into making a decision because of a future negative emotion, your brain can also imagine the best case scenario and imagine a future feeling that you could experience if you decided to move forward. But when you make a decision based on how you might feel negatively, you are missing the opportunity to feel amazing as well. I'm going to read that again say that again. <laughs> when you make a decision based on how you might feel negatively, you are also missing the opportunity to feel amazing. Okay. That's what I got for you guys. Look at how you're making decisions. Look at how your human your human preferences and that motivational triad are influencing you. There's no feeling that you can't feel. And that's exactly what I can help you understand and figure out for yourself inside my Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program. If you want my help to make permanent changes and move forward and move past how you're feeling, scared or uncertain or unsure, I absolutely can help you. Get on my calendar, request a 20-minute call within the, the show notes here. Just click on that link. And we'll talk and we'll see if joining my program makes sense for you. I love you all so much. Have a beautiful week. Bye for now.